Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back again with another episode with my special guest co-host, Michael. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today, I think, is going to be really enjoyable. I'm going to be breaking down something that happened the other night that kind of surprised me, but it opened my eyes to a lot of things that, especially in relation to how a lot of us end up in our predicaments and end up in prison or just getting in trouble in general out there, whether it be something that can cause you to come to prison or something that can uh, be harmful to your household or your neighborhood and so on and so forth, right? But before I get into that, you know what I'm saying, I want Michael to introduce himself, you know what I'm saying, and say whatever he wants to say before we get started. Hey everybody, thanks for having me again. Uh, uh, I guess we'll enjoy this conversation. We'll just uh, uh, come out the blue with it. Yeah, coming out the blue, coming out the blue. He doesn't know really what this is going to be about. I, I grabbed him at the last minute, you know what I'm saying, because we have this chemistry now going on. He knows when to ask questions and, and when to throw in his two cents about it. So I really wanted him to be on this episode. But basically, what I'm going to be talking about tonight is I'm going to break down. We had a basketball game uh, here the other day. And it was a, a matchup that everybody on the compound had been anticipating. They have this one guy, this young guy, he's a 22-year-old, phenomenal basketball player named Wayne. And uh, he's in prison for, I think, a second-degree murder, uh, violent charge. He's got about 14 years on that to do. I think that's right, something like that. And uh, we had this other uh, phenomenal basketball player that used to play at UTC, UT Chattanooga. Uh, his name is Josh, phenomenal basketball player. I'm talking about this guy can really get down. Now, before Josh got here, Wayne was pretty much the most dominant basketball player on the compound, athletic-wise, young, got handles, he's off the chain with it. So it was a lot of hype surrounding this particular basketball game. And I was looking at it from a different angle. Uh, I was more interested in how Wayne might handle this new encroachment upon his quote-unquote uh, celebrity here, right, as far as being the dominant player and how people always, you know, talk about his game and how good he is. And I was just curious about how was he going to be able to handle that if they lost the game. Turns out that they lost the game. Now, I was sitting and watching the first half of the game, and during the first few minutes of the game, Wayne was matched up on Josh. And he was guarding him. And as he was coming down the court, this is about after about five minutes into the game. He's coming down the court, and Josh is dribbling ball. He always has this calm look on his face, not panicking about anything. You could tell that this man is polished, right? So Wayne is watching him. And I looked at Wayne's face. Wayne is defending him, rather. And I, when I looked at Wayne's face, I saw something that I have not seen in the two years that he's been here. And it looked to me as if he had lost his confidence. It's like he didn't really know what to do with this person, right? And as the game continued, the parts of it that I did see, I saw his confidence slowly just slipping all the way away. And he really just didn't know what to do. And when I saw that, I was just thrown back. I'm like, man, what is going on with him? Did you see anything like that, Michael? Did you notice anything about uh, like that? Well, you know, he's used to being the dominant. He's used to being the dominant male in this situation. So yeah. when, when somebody came that was actually better than him, yeah. it was a shock to him being as young as he is. Right, being as young it, as he it, is. It was a shock to him with that. But, you know, coming from where we came from yeah. back in the day, you had a, plenty of ballers in, yeah. in prison. So uh, that's a, that was a shock for him. He didn't know how to deal with that. Now, I, what, what I want to get into about is, is how he ended up dealing with it, right? 
uh, Michael and I both, we had to leave and go to class. We both take a college course in philosophy. So we had to leave. And um, let me just shout out to Western Kentucky, Dr. Anton. You know what I'm saying? And you know the funny thing about yeah. that? I'm reading ahead. Yeah. And what I just read tonight had to deal with fame. Yeah. How to deal with fame. So that's what he's dealing with. Yeah. That's well, what you okay said. then. We'll bring it up in, while we're talking. But look, this is what happened, right? Um, they, Wayne them ended up losing the game by like 20-some points, right? So when I came in from class, a uh, good class, by the way, phenomenal. You know, I did most of the listening uh, that night. But when I get back to the unit, find out that they had lost by 20. And he was waiting on me, you know what I'm saying, at the top of the steps. And I asked him, I said, what happened? And uh, he said, we lost, Uncle Joe, we lost. And I'm like, well, how do you feel about that? And he said, I messed up about it. I said, okay. I said, what did you learn from this? And he said, man, I got to be more humble. I said, that's what you got out of this? And he was like, yes. I said, good. I said, good. I said, look, I got to get ready. You know what I'm saying? It's almost lockdown time. We can talk about this tomorrow. So the next morning comes, and he's up. And I'm looking at him and I said, man, what's going on with you? He said, man, I did not sleep at all last night. I said, you didn't sleep at all? He said, man, I did not sleep at all. He said, I just thought about the game all night. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, man, I don't know what it is. And he started to tell me how he played that second half and what was going on with it. And it was like he froze up. And throughout the day, I learned more and more about what happened. Every time Josh scored a basket, everybody erupted in applause. Every time Wayne either took him to the hole or scored a basket, nobody clapped. They were getting in his head psychologically. And then he went on this eight-minute stretch where he would just come down the court and just pass the ball. He froze up, right? And I said, Wayne, what do you think that is? Why do you think you did that? He said, I don't know. He said, I don't know why I did that. He said, I don't know why I let the crowd get to me. I don't know what happened to me. And I said, Wayne, at first I told him, I said, I want you to think about that. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but I have my own ideas about what this is, right? But you need to think about it. And then as we continue to talk later on in the day, I said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I think this, what's going on with you, right? And I said, I believe that at that point on that court, when you went through that eight-minute stretch, I believe you were having a, an anxiety attack. You froze up, right? Whatever happened in your life as a young person, that where you got rejected, whenever this happened, you relived that on that court and you did not know how to get out of that fog, right? And he's just standing there looking at me while I'm breaking this down to him. And he was like, man, I never look at it like that. And I said, okay, when you were, you know, standing there, I said, what were you thinking? And he was telling me different things, but basically he was comparing himself, he was comparing himself to Josh. And I said, look, Nothing wrong with comparing yourself as long as you don't see ground to the fact that uh, he's better than you in the sense that you diminish what you're good at. If you, you Don't be a hater and acknowledge what other people are good at, but don't see that ground where you start to doubt your own abilities. And that's what he did, right? And when he started to doubt his own abilities, he started to doubt himself. And he froze. He froze up. And he said, what do I do? And man, when I was looking at him, it was almost like I was looking at, you know, my own child, what they would be saying, what, what they would say to me if they came to me and asked me, what do I do about this? And I told him what I thought he should do. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I wanted to ask you, 
What do you think about what I just talked about, what I just said? Well, you know, like I said, it goes hand in hand with, with the reading I just read uh, about the, the pursuit of fame. In his eyes, he was the man here. So yeah. everybody everybody enjoyed watching him play ball. And now that he's got another dominant player come, it's like uh, 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 being in his backyard. So he didn't know how to deal with that. He's being rejected he, all over again. Reje- and, and then the one guy that had that whole thing with them hooping and hollering, it was they said it was one person it that, was a, that, one that one got, person. Him, got him doing that. Mm-hmm. So that got in his head, and he's not used to that. He's not used to that. So uh, the the... the the thing that was that was read about in the readings that I read about was uh, uh, you you feel slighted that this person feels slighted like he didn't get invited to this banquet, right. so he feels slighted that he didn't get invited. Right. So his slight comes with what happened to all my applause? What happened to all my cheers? And like you said, it goes right back to what something that had happened before. Yeah. And, it, and like I said, with him being so young, right. he hasn't experienced all this other stuff. Right. And, and, and now that he's seeing it, he didn't know how to deal with it. That's right. And that's and that's that's. Well, what they call today a PTSD, and and I think that's what he was suffering with. He was dealing with that, and, and, and on that floor he was having this anxiety attack, and he did not know what to do. It was like he said he was walking in the fog. He didn't know how to respond to it. He didn't know how to get out of it. He just was going through the motions. And I wanted to talk about this topic because I believe that with him and like other people like myself, that is what led to us coming to prison, not being able to deal with whatever trauma happened to us when we were younger. And he lived it, he relived it again the other night on that basketball court. And his facial expression from then to now, it's it's like he's lost right now. It's like he's lost right now. He's going through it. He's trying to push his way through the mud. He's trying to put on a good face, but he's suffering right now. And when he was standing on that court, you know, I talked to somebody else that said they watched him. One time he just came down across the half court after he passed the ball, and he just stood there like he was lost, like the, a light had flashed on him and there was nobody else in the gym. And he just stood there and he looked lost. And, and you know, it has a lot to go to do with, like you said, what led us to prison was uh, a lot of it was acceptance too. You know, Meaning? Like, you know, when we talked about on one of the maybe one of the first shows that I did with you okay. was uh, wanting to be accepted by my peers, by yeah. people of my own race. Right. Uh, the acceptance. Right, right, right. So that, that uh, has a lot to do with it, too. Because like yeah. I said, like, again, to go back to the reading, that was part of it was that uh, we want to be so-called famous to our peers, to yeah. our friends. We accepted, be, validated. Yeah, validated, you know. Yeah. So that that's a lot. A lot of us in here is that's what led us to prison right. is fitting in, you know, trying being, to fit in, being part of the in crowd. Yes, yeah. a lot of it. And and I think with him, and I'm gonna talk to him some more. So hopefully I'll be doing a part two about this with you. But with him, a lot of the rejection that he received that may have put him in a position like for a lot of us is if if once you get rejected over here, now you get accepted over here in the streets because the streets will, they'll accept almost anybody. Yeah. As long as you're willing to do whatever it takes, you know what I'm saying, the streets will accept you and embrace you. Doesn't matter how reckless it is, you know what I'm saying, and who gets hurt, that's where you get your validation. The brain, the brain is just calculating, uh, 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 processing the validation. Yeah. Not concerned where it's coming from, you know what I'm saying? And when we don't get it over here, we, we come over here and we can get it. And, and what happened to him the other night just reminded me how serious mental health should be when it comes to evaluating us 
and getting us the right type of help that we need so that we can learn how to re-narrate, cope with what's going on with us mentally. Because until I told him this, I had to go through this myself, until you deal with the issue that made you freeze on that court, right? You're gonna experience it again and again and again. And let us hope that it's not a situation that leads to him acting out in a violent way like it did before. And, and, and to go with what you said, they do need to do that because when you come into prison now, they give you the so-called strong arm. And it's yeah. supposed to evaluate you to tell you the things that you need to do while you're in prison. But none of that goes any deep into your psychological problems that you had. Because we, no. have, we have to have had some kind of psychological breakdown, no some problem that led us to prison. No question so about it. So they, they definitely need to dig deeper into that. Yeah, they right. ask us the questions. I know the two times that I have done a strong arm, these last two, I broke down and cried in front of my counselor just talking about that stuff because it's like they put you on the spot, which I think is good, and they ask you some hard questions about your crime, about how you were raised, and stuff that you probably hadn't thought about in years, and now these old feelings are coming up, and I just couldn't help myself. Um, we, the door was shut, so I just cried, right? And then that's it. <laughs> I got to wipe my face, get up, go back to work. That's you'll, it. You'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> And then they put a score on your evaluation to say, you know, as far as your mental health is low, high, risky, medium, whatever the case may be. But that's it. No follow-up. No follow-up. No follow-up. And, but again, with, you know, when it came, you know, when it comes to Wayne and, and him and, and others like him, it's like, you know, I really wish I would have been able to see the second half because uh, that brother was struggling, man. He was struggling, and he's only 22 years old. And before we left, I told you, my thought was to tell Wayne, don't let them get you out of your game. Right. I just didn't tell him. Right. But you see, you know, here's here's the thing on that, on that right? When, and, and, and what you would have said is the right thing. Would have been the right thing. But when those situations come up, when that, all of those ingredients that created, that were part of that original trauma, when they are all in that pot and it comes together at the right time you feel what I'm saying I don't know what you could say to a person to make them resist that you feel what I'm saying it has to be something I think that's why therapy is so valuable because it will teach you how to deal with that I have had to deal with my issues in relation to PTSD all on my own and I still have I still have episodes every day you feel what I'm saying but now I'm aware of it and I've Go through the motion sometime until I get on the other side of it. Sometimes I'll tell myself A, B, or C. Sometimes I just go into the restroom or hopefully if I'm in the unit, I'll jump in the shower, you know what I'm saying, and try to get through it, you know what I'm saying, mentally like that, in, in, uh, you know, privately. But at the end of the day, it's, it's like you're in a mud up to your waist and you don't know what to do. You're in an environment where you can't really show your emotions like that but you feel lost and you feel afraid and, and, and looking at him when he was talking to me and then ever since then, you know, ever since we had the conversation the other day, he's been really clinging. He's been really clinging. Uncle Joe, what are you doing? Uncle Joe, what are you doing? Right? He wants to learn something from he want, him. He wants to learn something, but I also think he's looking at that father figure type thing too, yeah. which I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. He's a child. You know what I mean? Which he's is a good 22. thing. Which is a good thing. And we talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. that peer yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the peer counseling. Yeah, we can talk about that. It's Absolutely. good that he's 
reaching for it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because he wants to know. Yeah. But I, you know, I was talking to somebody else about it today, and uh, I told that he said, like, "Well, what are you gonna tell him?" I said, "This is what I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him Josh is just the simple. It's not Josh versus you. Josh is just the simple. He was part of the re-narration of what I mean, the reliving of what happened to you." whenever it happened to you as a child, whatever it was, right? I said, but what you have to do, I'm going to tell him what you have to do the very next game you play. And this is something I got from Dr. Anton in the class the other night. Listen, when you play the next time against him, you have to give it all you got because you are in control of your effort, but not the outcome. You see what I'm saying? And I said, I'm going to tell him the very next chance you get on that court and when he you catch him slipping, you go on there and you do everything you can to dunk on him. You Take it to him. Take it to him. And if he blocks it, okay. You If you miss it, okay. But you got to run into him. You got to run into him. You know what I'm saying? And when you do that, you're going to start breaking that wall down. You feel what I'm saying? So, you know, that's the advice I'm going to give him. You know, uh, if anybody out there that's listening to this episode has got any better advice, I would appreciate it. If you hit me up at doing time with Joe T at gmail.com or hit the message button on the podcast and leave us a message so we can pass that along to Wayne and, and so we can help him out with that. And anybody else that, that might be listening and have a family member out there that might be suffering from PTSD inside or outside of prison, you got any advice or any words of encouragement you want to pass on to him, hit us up so we can put that on the show and let everybody know, you know what I'm saying, that people out there are listening and are concerned about that, right? But Michael, you got anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? No, that was a good one. That was, that was a good, that was uh, good. That was a good thought, you know, good. to come yeah. with that. Yeah, dig that, dig that. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic, and I say peace, y'all.